Well, we've been in this series entitled, Jesus Changes Everything. And uh, we've talked about how Jesus changed history, how he changed religion, relationships, and how he changes the future. And so today, uh, I've called what I have to say uh, just the conclusion. And a lot of what I'm going to share with you today, I've drawn from uh, the various writings of Max Licato and, and others as well. It has all the ingredients of a great sermon illustration. It has emotion. It is dramatic, and it'll break your heart. And heaven only knows how many times it's been told from the pulpit. In fact, you may have heard it. It's the story of a drawbridge engineer who was responsible in his job for operating a drawbridge over a mighty river and uh, in front of him were all the gears and all of the levers and cables that operated this great bridge and he would raise the bridge for the river traffic that would uh, the boats and ships that would go up and down the river and he would lower the bridge for the trains then that would come to cross the river. And one day, he decided to bring his young son with him to work. And of course, the young lad was absolutely excited about being with his dad and seeing all that was going on. And, and he peppered his dad with all kinds of questions one after another. And the engineer didn't realize until after he had raised the bridge for a ship to pass that the questions had ended. And he looked around and he didn't see his son. And all of a sudden he looked out the front window of the control booth and he saw his young son crawling on these great gears and cables that operated the bridge. And he immediately, in panic, started out to retrieve his son. And just as he did, he heard the whistle of an oncoming passenger train. Now he was faced with a dilemma. If he failed to lower the bridge, certainly the train and its passengers would plunge to their death. If he didn't, and he went, he was going to lose his son in the gears. 
and the engineer reached for the lever because he knew what he had to do. Now that's a dramatic story. And it tugs at our hearts. And certainly it has its parallels to lots of things. But preachers have used it usually to illustrate what God did at the crucifixion. It was necessary that his own son be sacrificed in order to save mankind. And it has its parallels. The heart of God wrenched as he had to make that decision. And certainly there were those who whizzed by on that train completely oblivious to the sacrifice that had been made. Now throughout this series, I've tried to illustrate and tried to emphasize the whole idea that Jesus changed everything from eternity past to the present and to eternity future. I want you to listen to the first recorded message we have about the crucifixion. It comes to us from the lips of Peter in the second chapter of the book of Acts, beginning with verse 22. All of you Israelites, listen to my message. It's about Jesus of Nazareth a man whom God authenticated for you by performing in your presence powerful deeds, wonders, and signs through him, just as you yourselves know. This man, Jesus, who came into your hands by God's sure plan and advanced knowledge, you nailed to a cross and killed in collaboration with lawless outsiders. Did you see it? Did you catch it? It's a solemn phrase included in Peter's message. It's one that rings with courage and has its roots back in eternity past. It's the simple phrase, God's sure plan and advanced knowledge God's sure plan and advanced knowledge and regardless of what translation you read King James, Revised Standard New American Standard all of them render it almost exactly the same God's plan and advanced knowledge you see, the cross was no accident. So, Jesus' death was the result of God's plan 
all along. It was not the result of some panicking cosmological engineer who had to reach for a level, uh, a lever at the last moment. Nope. Calvary was not a quick response to a world that was plummeting towards destruction. The death of Jesus was anything but an unexpected experience. It was all a part of the plan. It was a calculated choice. The cross was drawn into the original blueprint. It was a part of the original script. In fact, the very moment that the forbidden fruit touched the lips of Eve, the cross had a shadow on the horizon. And in between that moment and the moment that those soldiers struck the mallet against the nail in his wrists, from that moment, Jesus and the master plan was put into place. So, in conclusion today, in this time that I get to spend with you, I want us to look at what it meant that God's plan was being carried out from eternity past and it will be carried out to eternity future. Well, first of all, we can say that it means that Jesus planned his own sacrifice. Now think about that for just a moment. Jesus planned his own sacrifice. It means that Jesus intentionally planted the tree that would ultimately be hewn down and formed into a cross. It means that Jesus intentionally put the iron ore in the earth from which the nails would ultimately be formed that would be placed through his wrists. It means that Jesus intentionally placed Judas among the disciples. It means that Jesus was the one who set in motion the political machinery that would bring Pilate to Jerusalem. Now when we begin to comp contemplate that, it means, of course, that he didn't have to do it. But he did. And it was no accident. Even the cruelest of criminals are not required or they are spared the agony of having their death sentence to them before life even begins. But it's true. Jesus was born. The incarnation occurred. 
God became flesh in order for him to be crucified. Whenever Jesus became conscious of who he was, he was also conscious of what he had to do. The shadow of the cross was ever present in his life. And yes, I think that explains the determination that was on his face. When what we looked at last week is he began to leave Capernaum and leave Galilee, he had set his face towards Jerusalem. He had begun his death march. Now we're going to celebrate that fairly soon at what we call Easter. And when we do, always remember, he knew from the beginning this is what he had to do. And that explains, I think, for us when we look at passages of scripture especially from John's gospel and we've looked at that a lot during this series but look with me again at John 10 verses 17 and 18 the father loves me because I'm willing to lay down my life but I'll take it up again my life cannot be taken away by anyone else I'm giving it of my own free will. My authority allows me to give my life and to take it again. All of this has been commanded and we might add planned by my Father. Oh yeah, the cross explains why he told the Pharisees that the goal of his life would be fulfilled only on the third day of his death. Why John the Baptist introduced him way back during his baptism as the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. When we think about the fact that it was all a part of the plan, it adds gravity to his prophecies of himself where he says, I lay down my life for my sheep. Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he had to go to Jerusalem and he had to suffer many things at the hands of elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law and that he had to be killed on the third day but he would be raised again. There are all kinds of references. The reference to the rejected stone, the anointing of burial, the dismissal of Judas from the Last Supper. All of these incidences take on a sobering dimension when we consider the eminence of the cross. Yep, Jesus lived a three-dimensional life. He had a clear view of the future. 
heaven and what it would mean for us. But he also lived in the present. And he was present in the past. Oh yeah, those cords that held his wrists and the soldiers used to lead him to the cross, they weren't necessary. They were just kind of incidental props because had it not been for those cords, had it not been for the crowds, had it not been for Pilate, had it not been for those soldiers, it really didn't matter. It would have happened anyway. It was part of the plan. And your future in relationship with the Father is part of the plan. So why did the incarnation occur? Well, for one reason and one reason only. Because he loved us. And his death was the result of my sin and yours. And he had to go to the cross so that our future could be secured. Our heaven could be experienced. So call the cross whatever you want to call it. But don't call it an accident. It was all a part of God's plan from the very beginning. Let's pray together. In these moments, Father, I ask that you overwhelm us with a sense of your love from the beginning of creation to eternity future you loved us and you wanted us to be in relationship with you and I asked that you not let us ignore that. That you not let us be one of those passengers that just whizzes by without understanding the sacrifice that was made and the love that was expressed in the cross. In Jesus' name, amen.
during the reflection of these moments. I'd love to have the opportunity of visiting with you about the significance of the cross and God's love and his desire for you to be in relationship with him. And I'll be out here in the foyer on the right to do that.